he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Welcome back. Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tasheri and Mike DiStefano with you. Also streaming on the iHeartRadio app. We've got Devontae Smith-Pelly with us in studio. You made your panel debut last night. Or national broadcast debut, I suppose, is more appropriate. Got to hang out with Dothy and the boys. How was it? Give us the update. It was good. Um, I felt relatively comfortable. Um, the only thing was trying to figure out what to do with my hands. Um, it's it's <laughs> the most complicated part of television. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think once I f- figure that out, it'll be it'll be a lot better. But for the first time, um, no complaints from me. Well, it's funny because we were, we were talking about it between the break, and I'm saying, yeah, it's it's easy for like Italians, I suppose, because they talk with their hands a lot. I go too so far sometimes, though. Go, oh, I've been told to dial it back. I'm the worst at it. I mean, I'm literally doing it right now yeah. as we speak. But like as people who aren't Italian, I suppose sometimes they don't know what to do with their hands, and I, I yeah, I, that's it's a struggle of like, re- what was something that you realized outside of that that was like, oh wow, this happens? Like, did you gain appreciation for the broadcast and how much work maybe gets put into it? Yeah, obviously, I haven't seen behind the scenes, but how many people are you know behind the cameras yeah. and um, you know it's a big production for that little you know 10 minutes i was actually yeah. standing there so um obviously i had no idea but gained a little bit of uh more appreciation for what goes in uh behind the scenes well we had uh frank carrado made his least panel debut a couple of weeks ago and we were joking about whether or not he was going to get you know a rookie treatment of some kind some sort of joke was made upon him or something anything like that happened to you yesterday uh no not not really I, I met the guys you know i met uh oh before so we talked a little bit but yeah. um you know that i maybe they didn't want to psych me out before i went on and <laughs> uh, just let me do my thing but you know if i you know come around more you know maybe those jokes will start flying that's yeah. when the pranks begin once yeah. they start getting a little bit more comfortable yeah uh so it was a 5-1 win for the leafs last night over the washington capitals what did you think of the caps last night was it kind of like Bring me back to when you played and you knew that you were, it was one game between you and Cabo before All Star break. Yeah. What's that mentality like? It's hard to dial it back, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as you don't want to say it, you know that, you know, after after this game, you know, you get your to, bags are packed, yeah, the bathing suits are ordered. Time yeah. For it. You know, the, it's, it's a long year, so, you know, it's kind of circled on, on your calendar. You know, this is when I get a break, so. Obviously, you know, in the room you're saying, you know, one more night, uh, let's dial it in. But, you know, it's a it's a long year and, you know, guys are, are looking forward to getting away and relaxing. How do you, uh, when you're in the midst of this grind, this is kind of all-star break aside, but we've been seeing it from the Leafs occasionally too. It's easy to, it's easy to get into the dog days of the season. How do you continue to challenge yourself when you're kind of in that kind of mid-season slump? For them... I- I think the the thing is that you know who you're playing in the playoffs and you're kind of preparing for that. Um, for teams that are out of the playoffs, that's got to be tough oh, gosh, to, yeah. you know, to get through those tough days. You know, for a team like the Caps, they're battling for a playoff spot, so it's easier to stay engaged in those those tough tough days. But you know, every team's different. So you know, for the Leafs, obviously they they know who they're playing, so it's kind of just everything is leading up to preparing for that. Um, for the Caps specifically, like they're they're battling for their lives, so 
you can't really take a break. It's it's really slim. You know, you can lose a couple games and and that's it. Um, yesterday on the panel, you were talking about the the importance of, of depth, guys. Once it comes to the playoffs, like you said, something to the effect of you know the big boys tend to cancel each other out with their production, um, and then at that point, it's kind of what's what are the depth players doing? And you know, you're a, a perfect example of a depth guy stepping up in those moments. You know, seven goals on your cup run, uh, three of them coming in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I mean, to you, what? was, you know, how important is it to see guys like that, those role players, those unsung heroes kind of step up throughout the playoffs? Yeah, I think you you need it. Um, obviously, you know, the top top guys are the guys who are going to, you know, those are driving the bus. Um, those are the guys that need to perform or you're not going to go anywhere. But there are times when, you know, it's just not going their way. They don't score on that important power play. They um, just aren't having a good night, and that's when you know the bottom six has to has to step up, or else that's that's the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think Toronto has the guys currently within that nucleus that can step up and be those kind of unsung heroes? Like, is there someone you point to and say he could come up big for this team in the playoffs? The thing is, you never know who it's going to be. I mean, their their bottom six is having um, good years. Uh, statistically um, but you never know who it's going to be mm. and on this team I don't think their role is even to to score or anything like that I mean it's the top six is driving the bus Yeah, all you need is one game with one guy just to sneak one in well, you, you, you use the word role there, and it's perfect, actually, because Mike Rupp was on Overdrive a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how you know Lou Lamorello used to literally sit his players down when he was playing in New Jersey and literally said, what's the role on your team? What's your role with the, with this club? And until you gave the answer that he wanted, I think he would re-ask the question. So if you're you know, a fourth-line grinder or, or a third-line checker, you know, and you say, my role is to energize the group, or my role is to you know play defense not get scored on whatever it may be i mean did you feel like that's was also the way that you guys looked at it like the bottom six they they have a role and it's not necessarily to be an effective production from the goal scoring perspective but you know when it comes to keeping the puck out of the net when it comes to energizing the team like would you say that's more so what the role needs to be and how important it is that guys know that role so they can play it properly when the time is right yeah, you definitely have to know your role or else it's not going to work. I mean, um, Trotsy was really good at letting everyone know this is what you need to do. You know, our role was pretty much every face-off on, you know, Jay Beagle's strong side, we're going out there, so we're going to have to play against some of the top guys. And our role was to get it out and not even score, get it into the other end and make you know the top guys defend a little bit tire them out just a little bit not you know it wasn't to score or anything like that obviously the scoring was a bonus and you would love to but that wasn't our role so that's what we tried to do and it just led to goals and it led to you know good games by everyone well it's interesting because you, you go back to a comment that mike babcock used to use all the time and, and uh, it's a blasphemous name to to bring <laughs> up in this market but he used to always talk about like defense like your best offense is a good defense and turning defense into offense can really help spur you especially in the playoffs when the game gets really tight like do you subscribe to that theory i mean kind of i, I think the best defense or the best offense is just getting out of your zone quick you know specifically this leaf team if they get out of their zone quick and get the the puck to 
those star players, they're better off than mm. you know defending behind the net and grinding it out. So the quicker they get it out, um, the better off they'll be. Okay, so let's compare bottom sixes a little bit because we know it's going to be Tampa in in the first round of the playoffs, probably. And we've been talking a little bit. I'm a little bit scared of Tampa's fourth line. Like I'm willing to admit it on the waves here. I'm afraid of Maroon, Perry, Belmar, whoever they got cooking on the fourth line. I feel like is one of the most effective fourth lines in the NHL. How do you think that stacks up against the Leafs who have in their bottom six right now? And does it matter? Is that the matchup that that matters? I'm, like I said, like I said before, I mean that matchup it it matters a little bit, but yeah. if you know Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander yeah. aren't producing like they have been, then it just it doesn't matter. So, you know that's a good fourth line. If the Leafs' fourth line is good too, I mean you don't have to get into the shenanigans that those guys, you know, are really good at. If Do they, you though, like when it comes to the postseason, like is there any way out of getting out of the shenanigans? I mean, you can. I, it's, it depends. You you can get into it and just do that with them if you want. Yeah. Or you can just, you know, you might have to take a, a punch to the face and, and, you know, not retaliate and take a, a power play. You can do, you know, it could go either way. I feel like we've seen. The toughness th- be the power play? Well, no, but I feel like we've seen the Leafs get themselves out of those shenanigans. And it's a reason sometimes why they struggle to win those games. Yeah. Like they're just that that is what it is. Instead of doing a face wash, you're seeing guys kind of just laugh or, or, or leave the scrums. Like I remember saying, was it the Montreal series? I want to say, I don't think I saw a single face wash yeah. in that game. And I'm curious because people talk about. You know, physicality being such, like, it just completely transcends once the playoffs come. Like, you, you're a guy who's, who's been there. You've played regular season games and the playoff games. Like, how how do you prepare yourself to get ready for the physicality of, of the playoffs? Because I'm sure it's it, it looks like it from a viewing perspective much different than the regular season. Um, for preparation, it's, I mean, unless you played one, you, you don't really understand so, for example, this team has played in playoff games, so they yeah. know that first game is, you know, that first 10 minutes is ridiculously fast. It's, you know, it's 120% of uh, a regular season game. So, like I said, this team knows if you're if it's your first time, I think the first 10 minutes, you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is really fast. But then after that, it kind of, you know, gets back to a normal hockey game. Obviously, the stakes are way higher, but it gets back to a more... Um, what you would be used to. What do you remember about your first playoff game? I remember the first ten minutes. I was like, "Wow, this is like <laughs> this is fast." And I didn't even play in the the game one. So usually the game one, the first ten minutes is like crazy fast, crazy physical. I played in game two, and still that first ten minutes, it, it was fat. It was way faster than um, the regular season. And I'd played more, majority of that year in the AHL. It was way faster than that. So. After that first 10 minutes, like I said, you get more used to it. But that first 10 minutes, I was like, wow, I don't know if this can keep on uh, the same uh, pace the whole game. Yeah, yeah. In conversation with Devontae Smith, Pelly, former NHLer and Stanley Cup champion with the Washington Capitals. Um, that year, though, I-, I think a lot of people attribute the success you guys had just kind of once you finally got over the hump of, of beating Pittsburgh, because for years it, they would run into the Pittsburgh Penguins and they get bounced out of the playoffs, much to the same thing as Toronto running whoever they play in the first round, bounce out of the playoffs. 
I know that you've mentioned before that you weren't there prior to the year that they had won the championship, but did you notice like a tangible you know, shift in mentality maybe once the team got over the hump? Did you notice the guys who have been there in the past just kind of a sigh of relief and then really were able to take their game to the next level? A hundred percent. You could... F- I mean, if you look at the video, there's a celebration, you know, a little behind the scenes, and the celebration in the room was was pretty was pretty loud, and um, you could tell the guys who had been there before, like that was a huge weight off their their backs, um, and it kind of carried over into the next series. I mean, we won the next two games like pretty handedly um, in the next series, and I think what gave us a lot of confidence as well is we did it without Backstrom and Tom. You know, Tom was suspended and Backy broke his hand. So we went into that game six without, you know, two of our best players and, right. and still got over the hump. So at that point, it was like, you know, we can do it. And those guys come back. I mean, what's going to stop us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's go back to the Leafs. You played with Samsonov in Hershey, and I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Have you partaken in a Hershey teddy bear toss game? Uh, n- no, I wouldn't. I would have never been there during that. Okay, so you know the Hershey yeah, Teddy Bear Toss game yeah. is is world famous. Like they're the original. I think they had the original Teddy Bear Toss. If oh, I'm not they? completely mistaken, it was either them or a WHL team. I don't know. For, for some reason in my life, I've done a Teddy Bear Toss trivia video. But they had their Teddy Bear Toss last night, and like, like the videos were. But it was a shutout, wasn't it? It was a shutout, yeah. and they had to throw the Bears at the TV timeout in the third period. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think they shut the game down. Too. Isn't that There's the so most tragic bears. thing yeah, I've ever heard funny. in my life? Yeah, that's always the most worrying thing when, um, you know, in junior we would have teddy bear tosses. Like, well, I, I hope we score. Somebody's got a goddamn <laughs> score. Got a score. <laughs> it happened what, in Oshawa this year, too, I think. Imagine if they actually would have gone, like, what do you say they did it in the final TV timeout yeah. in the third period? Imagine they scored after that, though. Oh, Like, real late worse. in the game, they just put one in the back of the net with, like, 48 seconds left. And it's like, ah, well, maybe yeah, we'll. yeah. Uh, but you played with Samsonov mm-hmm. in Hershey. What was your? He's hilarious. I can't get yeah. over his his post game comments. And we spoke to somebody from Washington, like media in Washington, and he said, I don't know, he wasn't that. He didn't have that many hilarious comments. I guess he probably would have been newer to English when you yeah, played with him. Yeah, I think his English was um, not as good as it is now. So he was, he was, you know, he was cheerful. You loves know, to he, smile. He yeah, tells he us all the time. Yeah, he loves to smile and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously the communication couldn't happen as well as it does now. So he's worked on his English. It was good for him. And um, he was always skilled and he always had the talent. So um, it's good to see him doing well. I'm, I'm happy for him. What have you seen change about his game? Maybe. Well, I'm not a goalie. So, like, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, he was always good. I think it's just getting older and figuring it out. I mean, there's always a learning curve. And I think goalies probably learn at a slower rate than other positions so i think he's just learning getting um better and like i said getting better at english which you know easier to talk to his goalie coach about whatever they need to talk about so i think it's probably all those things about uh another former russian teammate of yours we had you in last week in studio and i was kicking myself because we didn't ask you about the summer of Ovi. <laughs> like, probably the greatest celebration of all time when it comes to celebrating Stanley Cup championships was Ovechkin. Like, the guy was literally swimming in fountains. Like, it was outstanding. Can you take us behind the scenes, maybe, I guess the PG stories that you could tell <laughs> about what the summer of Ovi was like and those celebrations in particular in Vegas after the championship win? Um, yeah, I, I think it just... It was all that built up 
you know, adversity and built up, you know, all the losses and it's just letting it all loose and he liked to have fun before, but that was, you know, celebrating his life goal is to win the Stanley Cup and just letting it all out. So um, the PG version is a lot of beer, a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> was, I think he took the Stanley Cup to the World Cup too. I think so. That's that was cool. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot more beer and fun had there. Yeah. So the PG version is a lot of beer and a lot of fun. Yeah, I would imagine. So, what was your cup party like? You get to spend the day with the cup? Uh, yeah, we had a, a nice day. We had um, we went to the Children's Hospital here. Nice. Um, then we went to a a little pub that. I used to go to when I was underage, uh, at, you know, by my parents' house, um, and that was uh, for the community. A lot of kids and family members and hockey players and stuff like that went there. And then um, at night, uh, I had a private adult party uh, downtown, and it was a, it was a good day. It was uh, more beer, more fun, more, more, more beer, beer, more fun. fun. <laughs> exactly. So we had a good day. It was it was good to share it with my family and um, the community as well. And as well as my friends later in the night. Did you get a random text from anybody after you guys had one that you were surprised by or anything? Like anyone reach out and just, hey, congrats? Surprised by? No. I, I think, you know, when things happen, I've, I've played a lot of places, made a lot of friends when things happen. Celebrity uh, shout outs, maybe? Uh, no, I don't think I got any celebrity shout outs. No, but. Nothing from the weekend, Scarborough Boy, <laughs> no, <it> Drake. <laughs> no. Um, White House? Did you go to the White House? I didn't go, no. No, I didn't. I didn't uh, participate in that. Yeah. But, um, no, no, nothing really surprised me. I think people I haven't talked to in a while, but, you know, that are friends. A lot of guys I used to play with and old coaches and old players and stuff like that. So no one surprising to me. Uh, we're chatting with Devontae smith Pelly, longtime NHLer. And, uh, you know, as we, as we mentioned at the top, guys, first little taste of TV action yesterday on the lease panel. And you know, they got one more big game coming up against Boston on, on Wednesday, and then they're off for the next little bit. I think that their next game's not going to be until February 9th or 10th yeah. against Columbus. So they're going to have a, a little stretch here. But uh, when you kind of zoom out and you look at this team, big picture, you know, what, what do you think is probably for, like you already mentioned, the team already knows who they're playing, mm-hmm. right, in the first round. They already know that it's going to be a collision course with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I suppose home ice is still up for grabs, but. Like, what do you think would be the team's goal for the back half of the season? I would think it's just preparing, making sure that um, game one of that series, you're as prepared as possible. You can't really, you know, you can't really look ahead. Obviously, you know who you're playing, but it's just building, building and making sure that first game is everyone's at their best and um, you got to get it done now. Yeah, I mean, after... What are we? Eighteen years? It'll be nineteen years straight yeah. without getting it out of out of the first round. Like this is a big year for for the team, a massive year for uh, for, uh, for for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, last question for you. Actually, we should probably touch on on John Tavares, who celebrated uh, a thousand games played in the NHL. You had a, a chance to play against him uh, for you know many many years. One of the best. I mean, one of the best junior players of all time. Yeah. But then he's gone on to have a great NHL career. You know, what do you remember about Tavares as a competitor and playing against him when he was with the Islanders? Just ridiculously consistent. Yeah. That's his thing, eh? Like, every time we have Craig Button on, he calls him a model of consistency. Yeah, it's just the same every every night. And I think that's what makes him a good leader. I'm, 
I obviously don't know him personally, but it seems like he's pretty quiet. Yeah. But if I'm a younger guy or you know a guy looking to my captain, you know him showing up every single night, playing the exact same way every night for years and years. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, role model to have. So if that's all I can really say about him is yeah. how consistent consistent he is, and he's I mean he's a great player. Well, the on ice leadership. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think that's also something that sometimes gets lost a little bit. Like we we talk a lot about like oh this is this is Austin's team. Right, what he did last year is like this is Austin's team, but every now and then you see exactly what Tavares means to this organization. Nights like last night, like uh, a couple of games ago when they were on the island, it was like, hey, that guy put the team on his back and got them back on the winning ways. I think it's something yeah. that we, we don't. Was it Darren Drucker who said like we don't we would celebrate yeah. him more if it wasn't for the cap hit, and, and it's it's really unfortunate because he has been such a, a great player. And it always goes back to, yeah, but has he been good enough based off the 11 sheets he's making every year? Yeah. And it's unfortunate that that's kind of where the conversation goes when talking about players in today's game. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is at that point when, yeah. it, when it comes to that. But, you know, if you just separate that and just look at production and um, leadership and stuff like that, he's he's been worth it. And he's he's done exactly what he's supposed to do. And there hasn't been any drop off at all. Yeah, I mean, arguably, he's playing some of the best hockey he's played in the last couple of years. Yep. The fine and, wine. And the fine wine. He yep. went, reinvented his skating in a way, getting mm-hmm. a new coach, and he kind of had another session with him midseason, and it's, it's definitely working out for, uh, for JT's. He has his 1,000th game. Devontae, uh, as always, really uh, happy to have you in here for, for a good chat. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure we'll do it again real soon. Yep, thank you. All right, there he is, Devontae Smith-Pelly. In studio, former Stanley Cup champion. Uh, on the other side, we'll get into uh, a chat with Matt Berlin, the emergency backup. Little e-bug timer. action. Little e-bug conversation. He'll join us next. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashiri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Matthews has done it again. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Julie Tashiri and Mike DiStefano with you. Coming off a Leafs win over the Capitals, 5-1 yesterday. It was an exciting exciting day, I would say. It was kind of a fun one, too. The 5 o'clock starts are fun because I feel like more kids get out and stuff like that. Seemed uh, like the wave was a hot topic yesterday oh, at Scotiabank yeah. Arena. Weird, because you don't see the wave at those games. But that's how you know there's a lot of kids in the stands. Like, that's how you know it's an that's appropriate true. 5 o'clock time. Remember I was saying this? Probably better for JT's kids, get yeah. them out there for the 5 o'clock start. Um, and that's when you get the wave going rogue at SBA. Yeah, I don't mind it. Like, I know there's there's a lot of old, crusty people that look at that, and they're like, I don't oh, even know if it's the, the old, like, crusty cares? people. Like, I feel like it was someone looked into it statistically, and that's what got people. Like, the wave correlates to the other team's scoring or something to, to that effect. Who cares? These people bought tickets. Oh, now you turn your back on analytics. Well, yes, that's right, because they're not always 100% <laughs> correct. But, like, the way that I look at that is... Honestly, they're they're fans. They're, they they're there to have fun, and if it, for them they want to start the wave, go ahead and start the wave. I don't understand why people are so anti-wave. Yeah, like, it, it really does not. It matter. really does bother people. Specifically at Jays games, people get really fired up about it. Yes, it does. Now, 
they get fired up about it, I believe, because they feel like it distracts the players. So, like, they think that it actually influences the game. But, you know, in hockey, you can't really influence the game that well because you're staring. You're so in the game. Like, these guys don't even hear anything. They're right. so dialed in. So I don't think that you can use that exact same argument in, in a hockey game. I could be wrong. Maybe that's, that's something that we could ask, you know, a guy who played potentially um, or played at least one game, maybe, yeah. like Matt Berlin did, who will join us in just a moment. But, like, I, I don't have an issue at all with the wave at no. a hockey game. I'm not anti-wave. I'm not anti-wave. Now, what I didn't appreciate was when they did do the wave, it kind of uh, blocked view of the game. <laughs> I don't like when it blocks view of the game now. It was only for a second, but it was like, whoa, let's let's not have calm to down with the passion. I know y'all have the passion, but yeah. but keep it keep it in the seats so we can all see. Yes, eh? yes. Just let's not cover the game here. Right, right. Well, uh, that is vital. That is is vital. Were you at the game on Sunday? Did no, no. So, like, again, games on Sundays when there's football oh, right. doesn't Sorry. make sense to me. I still don't like it. Then I got to dual screen it. It'd be pretty obnoxious if I was at the game live, but then had, instead of taking notes, was watching the game on my computer. Like, that would be just incredibly obnoxious of me. So I, I decided not to do that. Yeah. So I had uh, the game up on the TV, the hockey, the least game on the TV. I had the football game on my computer and then taking notes on my phone of uh, of the game. So I got a whole bunch of notes on my phone about what happened in that game. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I was not there in person. Let me see something that I thought was uh, was really interesting. Oh, I really wanted to make note of that uh, Engvall beauty sauce to Nylander. Yeah. Because I put that in, in exclamation marks. Because it, it was a really, also, really nice save by Lindgren. And he, like, just come into the game at that point, too. So it was kind of like one of the first stops that he had to make. And you know, it's, a lot of people had to come into games cold and made some big stops, including the guy on the line right now. Yeah, Charlie Lindgren had to, but but not quite as exciting as Matt Berlin's night. And we've got him on the line right now, the goalie for the University of Alberta. And last night got to step in as the Edmonton Oilers e-bug. How's it going, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. I mean, take us through the moment, I guess, you know, that entire experience Saturday night when you found out that you weren't only just going to be the emergency backup, but actually going to be backing up and, and on the bench um, for the game for the Oilers. Like, what, what were you doing? Who was the first call? Did you have friends or family who came to watch you sit on the bench? Like, it, just go through the, the entire process and your emotions of that day. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the roller coaster ride. I. Um... I initially just thought I was going to be up in the press box watching, which would be cool, exciting in itself. And then I found out I'd actually be backing up, which is obviously even more exciting. And then I thought like that was just kind of going to be the night, and I was super pumped about that, like once-in-a-lifetime experience. And then I end up in the game. So, no, it was quite the, quite the wild night, and uh, it, was a bit, it was a bit hectic even uh, getting, like, getting the contract signed because my parents were actually out of town. So I had nobody, you need a witness to sign the contract <laughs> and, and, and the league, uh, the league needed in by a certain time. And I had like half an hour. So I called my brother who lived across the street. He wasn't home. I ran to my neighbor's house. They weren't home. <laughs> uh, so I ended up calling my girlfriend and she drove over and saved the day luckily. Um, but yeah, so my parents were out of town. So I, um, I called my girl, like my girlfriend came with her brother. So they got to watch the game, which was super cool. How choked That's are your awesome. parents? <laughs> yeah, they were pretty. They were um, 
I think a little bit upset that they weren't able to come, but they watched <laughs> the game and they said it was cool on TV because they got to hear all like the sportscasters talking about it. So they had a good time watching it, and I think my mom was crying her eyes out when I got got on the ice. Oh, I bet, I bet. So for those who uh, who didn't watch the game over the weekend, uh, we're, we're chatting with Matt Berlin, who was the the emergency backup goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers, ended up becoming the actual backup goaltender for that game, and Edmonton up seven three with two minutes and twenty six seconds left. Uh, in the game, and they elect to put you into the game. I mean, w- what was going on through your mind? Did you think they were joking when they looked down the bench and said, hey, get in there, Maddie." <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Initially, I thought they were joking. I actually asked the trainer. I was like, this is a joke, right? And then uh, <laughs> they're like, no, be ready to go at like around the three-minute mark, and then we're going to send you in at the first whistle after that. And uh, so they initially told me like with 10 minutes left at the third, and that was kind of (laughs) my heart rate kind of spiked at that point but I just kind of went back in the tunnel and took a few breaths and a few stretches and just tried to get as uh, best prepared as I could and then when I got on the ice it was um, so exciting that like there were no nerves it was just like pure bliss it was it was really a surreal moment for me that is incredible had you ever met any of the guys on that team prior to last night or Saturday night uh, well, the goalie I was replacing, Skinner, I actually grew up playing with him, so that's kind of a funny story cool. in itself. And then um, I played with Yamamoto in junior as well. Um, but other than that, no, I don't really know anyone on the team. So was it a little McDavid, Dreisaitl? Was it crazy to look down the bench and see those characters? Yeah, it was wild, but they were so nice and so welcoming. Like The, the second I got into the room, like the Oilers staff and all the way down... Um, all the players and everyone was so welcoming and like it felt like I was actually a part of the team it was quite remarkable and I gotta I gotta thank them for the experience and because they didn't have to put me in so it was a super special moment for me but but yeah everyone was super nice like it felt like um like Jack Campbell and I had been friends for years he had the gave me a big hug and just said we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight and uh and boy did we ever <laughs> classic Jack. Oh, classic, Jack honestly like the nicest human being like when he was here in Toronto just always the nicest guy so that doesn't surprise me one bit but when he was skating off and you were skating on I mean was there a conversation there between you guys you just smile and say have fun out there like what was that interaction like yeah, it was just a quick smile and just, I, I don't even know what he said. I think I had blacked out at that point, but <laughs> like he just said, like, have fun. And yeah, that uh, it was the fastest and slowest two minutes of my life. It was it was kind of a crazy experience. That is incredible. I can imagine he'd be pretty cool about it. Just one of the nicest characters in the game. Uh, what about your, your teammates at school? What's what's the buzz been around, around the locker room since getting back? Yeah, it was it was awesome this morning. Uh, all the guys showed up because we practiced early in the morning, so everyone showed up and uh, lots of hugs and laughs and smiles. Just just asking me, and I was just kind of telling them stories about it and what kind of went down. But no, everyone was super happy for me, and it was uh, yeah, it was a good moment to share with all my teammates for sure. So, did the shots from your teammates look a little less intimidating than the ones you were taking in warm up and <laughs> the one that you took from Caleb Jones or what? Did the game look a little slower to you? Did the pucks look a little slower coming at you after experiencing NHL talent? Yeah, it was a it seemed a little bit different pace, but um <laughs> No, it was good. It was good to get back on the ice with my teammates this morning and everyone was super excited, so it was good to be back. So Julia was, was, was saying there's a little rumor out there that potentially McDavid was behind the thought process, or he was the one who kind of pitched to get you into the game. Can you confirm if that's the case or not? Like, do you know 
whose decision it was to ultimately get you in there? Yeah, so I didn't know that during the time, but um, yeah, it was McDavid's idea. He, I think he told the coaches like his idea, and they they talked about it, and then ran it by Campbell at one of the TV timeouts, and everybody was on board with it. So, and then it just kind of happened that way. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't realize I had no idea that this discussion was even going on on the bench, <laughs> but <laughs> apparently it was, and it was. Uh, it just shows the character and class of McDavid to, to do something like that and give me an opportunity that'll last a lifetime. It's a real life Rudy situation. Yeah. Like the the captain's sitting there, they're thinking like Maddie, Maddie. <laughs> essentially yeah. something like that would have happened. That that's a really, really cool situation. Um I'm curious how many times have you gone back and, and watched your save against Caleb Jones? <laughs> you might be shocked to hear, but only like twice. I haven't even really like sat down and just like <laughs> It still doesn't even feel real that it's happened. Like, I haven't really just, like, had any time to just, like, absorb absorb it and just kind of sit and, like, look at it. So maybe tonight I'll just take some time and uh, kind of soak the momentum. And what happens in the aftermath? Did you get to keep the jersey, any other swag? Like, was there a cool hoodie involved? Did you get Water the warm-up kit? <laughs> yeah, I got some I got some workout gear when I got nice. there. Like I said, like. The uh, the equipment managers and everyone was super good to me and provided me with everything I needed. So it's super cool to get some memorabilia like that. And yeah, I did get to keep the jersey, so I'll be getting that framed. And then also the um, the Oilers management gave me a big uh, like a gift with it had a recording of the of the whole game and a game sheet and stuff like that. So, so pretty cool. memorable stuff. Yeah, that'll look nice, yeah. nicely framed with the game sheet. And Very cool. If you get a puck, I like a puck could go with that as well, like a game <laughs> puck or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I did get the game puck. Nice. nice. That'd be awesome. That that'll be really cool. Mm-hmm. Just a great memory that uh, you know you'll you'll have the rest of your life, buddy. Uh, it was it was really cool to see. Obviously, best icebreaker something. trivia ever. Like you get to have that <laughs> icebreaker trivia. I played two minutes in an NHL game. Yeah, which player played yeah. two minutes and twenty six seconds of shutout hockey? In an NHL game, the name is Matt Berlin. <laughs> Love it. Uh, really appreciate taking the time to join us today. Uh, sounds like it was just, one, a hell of an experience, and uh, good luck with uh, with your hockey career the rest of the way. Thank you. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, there it goes. Matt Berlin, the uh, University of Alberta goaltender, and also uh, backup goalie with the Edmonton Oilers this past weekend. Of course, Jack they, Campbell was the coolest oh, ever about 100%. it. 100%. And like, that's just really cool that it was the, his, like, I guess his teammates that night that just said, why don't we just do it? I mean, we're up 7-3. This game's over. Let's just get this kid in the game. Yeah. Make, his, make his life like almost to this point, definitely his career um, as a as a as a hockey player and a goaltender. Kind of interesting too that it was like he grew up with Stu Skinner, who we happened to only reason why he was in the game was because Skinner had the sniffles yeah. out of the game. So uh, it's funny how life works out that way. Um, yeah, he was really good actually. He was very comfortable chatting. NHL caliber. Yeah, NHL caliber is right. All right, on the other side, let's get into uh, some of the other big storylines. Clearly, Matt Berlin, the e-bug, massive storyline that took over a lot of group chats. But what else was in the group chats? We'll find out on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Juliet Teixeira. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. 
All right. Welcome into Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. And that very awkward note, Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion, AB, as we sit here in this eerie silence. We've gotten a text from a listener, a question I think I have the answer to. Okay. Uh, this person wanted to know that if, if the Oilers won the Stanley Cup, would Berlin qualify for a ring? I think you have to play a playoff game in order to qualify yeah, there, as a Stanley Cup champion. There is a minimum games played. Uh, well, um, I know there's a minimum games played to get your name on the cup. In terms of I think they can ring. give anybody a ring. Yeah, yeah, you're right. In terms of a ring, maybe. I think that maybe. yeah, they can just start firing off rings. They can they can pay for as many rings technically yeah. as they want. Like, That's a good point. He'd be eligible to get one whether or not he actually gets one. I don't know. We'll I don't know. See. Oilers seem pretty cool with that whole thing. I, that, they handled it all very classy. Yeah, the way that they... I wonder though, like if they're if they're celebrating a championship and they're thinking like, okay, who do we want to bring a ring to? Do they remember that January? 28th game, you know, early in the season when they had that guy come in for two and a half minutes. Yeah, I'm pretty I don't know. impressed but. by Connor McDavid. Uh, That's awesome. Spearheading that. I don't really see him as a spearheading type of guy when it comes to nice little moments on the bench. So yeah. I, I don't see him. I mean that in a very earnest way. I'm not judging him either way, but I just don't see it out of him all the time. Because we don't see... And that's what's interesting about hockey. Like, we don't really necessarily see the personalities of a lot of these guys right. as much as we do, like, some other sports. So we don't really know a lot about Connor McDavid. No. Like, he doesn't let us know a lot about him. I know like, his dog, Lenny. I know... Uh, he's got a weird house. Yeah, very, very apocalyptic heated style. Heated driveway. Heated driveway. He's got a driveway. Drive past his house in Newmarket sometimes, a family home. And he's really good at hockey. That's that's about what and that's Connor. About Connor Wait. McDavid. He has a place in Muskoka like every other player yes, for the GTA. And that's another one. But that's all yeah. we really know about Connor McDavid. But it is really cool to to hear that uh, he was kind of the, the mastermind behind the whole thing. It's just it's something we've never seen before, and it's really Really cool to uh, to see. Uh, some, I guess, breaking-ish news that we got right now. Uh, the NHL Three Stars of the Week came out. Our guy, Will Nylander, getting named second star of the week. He's got seven points through, was it three games this week? Four seven games. points through four games. Four games, yeah. Four games, four goals, three assists for Will Nye this week. Yeah, he's on a seven-game point streak, 12 points in those seven games. He's been he's been a beast. He's on a tear. He's, he's that guy. And also, we have to shout him out because the Leafs just played. Uh, our buddy Mark Masters is down at the Ford Performance Center right now. The Leafs yep. have played seven games in thirteen days, so understandable that they might be a little tired headed into this one versus the Bruins. That I'm very intrigued about. Like the Bruins are going to come here like angry, woken bears well, coming to Scotiabank three Arena. Straight games. Yeah, they're going to come into Scotiabank like a pack of wolves. Or pack of bears, even though bears. I don't think they hang out together. Um, but he, so today's practice is an optional skill development practice as a result of that heavy schedule lately, meaning like that it. nobody has to be there. William Nylander on the ice. He's leading nice. the team in goals, and, and he's out there taking part in that optional. So shout out to Will Nylander. Yeah, just another, another, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Oh, just you know, another you can, feather in his cap no, on this incredible like, year. You just see that he's just, just putting in the work. He's grinding you know, out there. He's putting in the work, and it's really showing through when you look at the the production and you look at the season as a whole. You know, he's he's showing us. He's not just telling us he wants to have a good year. He's showing us I'm going to have a good year, and he's putting in all the work necessary to do it. Oh, um, we've, oh wait, we have some other breaking news. Do we? Apparently, Frank Corrado has has entered the competition when it comes to. 
attendance at Leafs practices? Frank Corrado randomly pulling up to practice today Excuse me? with Mark Masters? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I might need some more on that. If we can call Frankie and, and get a, a practice update from him, I'd really appreciate it if, if he's available for a phone call he did, right now. He did literally just text us. Please acknowledge I was at practice I would love to know Frankie's practice, uh, the etiquette that he partakes in when he attends Leafs can practice. We, can we get him on a call? We got a cold call. I mean, he's listening, so he knows that it's coming, clearly by, by texting us. We got to figure out what exactly. Yeah, he just said call me. So let's get him on. Let's get him on the horn and see what's going on at the skills camp. I'm curious who else is there. Like, yeah. You know, an optional skate, so you, there might not be a lot of people but like William Nylander to go back on that like I know that Frankie and you know hopefully he does join us he speaks glowingly about the work that Willie has been putting in and, and it shows out there on the ice you know this his skating's improved his determination as a more of a 200 foot player and you know I think he's he's showing us that in times like this where it's like yeah I played seven games and 13 nights but I still want to get better, and I'm going to go out there. And, I mean, there's a big... Oh, there oh he is. he's driving a spaceship today. <laughs> Let's go to the car cast. Frankie Corrado, what is going on at Leaf Practice? You're so busy, Frankie. Uh, CHL this weekend. You're, you're going to Calgary tomorrow for, for the CHL game, if I'm not mistaken. And today you're taking in a practice. Like, what's going on here? First of all, Julia, thank you for acknowledging before Al's brother that I was indeed at Leafs practice today. Now, Julia, I like to stay current. I like to stay relevant. So I had a little break in my schedule today, and I decided to go check out Leafs practice because it is a skill development day, and it also is a skill development day for members of the media. What did that? What does that mean, Frankie? <laughs> well... I walked in the arena, Al's brother, and the very first guy I saw on the ice was Willie Nylander. So you guys made a great point talking about Willie, and I know he's second star of the week, but there he is on an optional skill development day. He was the first guy on the ice working on his game. This this guy means business this year, and he's shown that all year long. Um, As far as other things, I was watching the defensemen more than the forwards. They were on two separate ice pads, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Any any chance to get down to practice and see what everyone's doing? Like, I feel like the league changes, practices change, habits, um, you know, things that people work on tend to change. So, you know, we got to stay current as former players. Any good, any good stop and chats today, Frankie? What's, what's the highlights in terms of stop and chats? I, I noticed that when the media members enter the dressing room, everyone lets Masters enter first. I think it's a, like a sign <laughs> of respect. Yeah. I think he... I think he is the alpha when it comes to the oh, members yeah. of the media. Um, so no one steps on Masters' toes. But I had a couple stopping chats. Like I talked to Rasmus Sandin. We were talking about European hockey. And then a uh, little stopping chat with Morgan Riley, talking about his goal last night. Um, all good stuff. Like it's a great mood around the rink. And, and even on, on days where they might have lost a game, like it's just it seems like it's such a well knit group there's a lot of cohesion it seems like it's a really fun group to be a part of when you get to see you know get to see the guys after their practice nice now you know riley obviously been snake bitten up until uh yesterday really hadn't scored a single goal all year you think that goal sets him up to to be a little bit more productive could you know a bunch kind of follow here for him is the confidence level now there for for mo Definitely. And I, I actually told him today, Al's brother, you know, with all my wisdom, I said, buddy, you're just saving them for the second half in the playoffs. That's <laughs> all. 
and he, he agreed with me, which I thought was very nice of him. But, um, yeah, like, listen, that knee injury is no joke, and he's, he's, he plays a skating game, right? Like, he relies on his legs very much to do what he does well, and so, you know, now you get, you get that goal. It's a little bit of a relief. You feel the confidence, and, like, we kind of missed that Morgan Riley has a ton of assists this year. It's not like this guy's been not producing, you know, from a, from a t- statistical standpoint. So at least now he gets a goal, and, and maybe that gets him going a little bit more. But, I mean, if, if you're going to get Morgan Riley heating up in the second half at the right time of the season, that's fine. Like, all we talk about with this team is come playoff time, they got to do it. Playoff this, playoff that. Well, what if guys heat up at the right time this year? And we've seen that with teams in the past where guys who maybe didn't have the best regular season – they got cooking at the right time in the playoffs, and it helped their team get to where they needed to go. So, you know, Matthews is in that same kind of category. Like, is he going to be that guy that really heats up for the playoffs? And, and the chase for 60 is not on this year. So there's no none of that kind of pressure and expectation. So I, I think the Leafs are in a great spot. And, like, they're, they're just it, – it's a fun team to watch. It's a good team to watch. Really quickly, was my guy Big Play Pierre in attendance at uh, the optional today? No, I, I believe he was one of the players who took the option out, brother. He had, he had a really good game last night, though. Like, that, yeah. That's well earned for him. And and honestly, there used to be this like weird code where it was like, if you're a certain player of a certain status, you can't take the option, this and that. Like, I don't know. If, if, you, need, if you need to take the day off, take the day off. Get in the gym. It's not a big deal. Like That, that shouldn't be a, a hurdle for players anymore. Yeah, because I think, as Julia noted, it's seven games in 13 days. Like, a, a night off ain't going to be, you know, like, take the day off, get the, the body rested up, because there's one more big game before the All-Star break, and that's the Boston Bruins uh, on Wednesday here home at Scotiabank. So, you know, take the day off and be ready to go for that game. Frankie, it was fun. It was a little bit of an impromptu phone call. But you came through with some heat, buddy. Thank you, guys. Thank you for acknowledging that we can remain friends now. This Thank guy you. thinks he's Roman Reigns. He thinks he's Roman I like Reigns. It. Acknowledge me. That's a that's something that I know Frankie gets that you don't, though, Julia. I'll, I'll be honest. It's a wrestling reference. No, I don't care. He doesn't get it. I don't think she gets it. You get that one, Frankie? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Thank you very much. All right, pal. We'll chat with you later. Bye, guys. All right. There we go. God bless Frankie. Frank Corrado. One of our favorites, former Leaf, former NHLer, and uh, one of our up-and-coming... Our hardest-working talent, hardest I think, at TSN. TSN hockey analyst. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you say he's going out to Calgary? Is that where... Was he on the... Was he... Potentially, he was on the plane. Because it, it sounded, sounded like... like it was uh, I, don't, I know what Frankie drives. I didn't know it purred like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on there with, uh, with the... the, the Background noise. Um, yes, I think he's calling the Regina Pats Calgary Hitman game Ooh, on uh, on Wednesday. Bedard. In Calgary, uh, yeah, the Bedard action on TSN. It's gonna be. I, I last I checked, there's already over fourteen thousand tickets sold to that game because it's the Hitman. They play out of the Saddle Dome in Calgary. Some big seats. Yeah. So they probably. So for that game, I I'm, open up the upper deck. I'm curious to see. I feel like they should. Like, there's no way there's only fourteen thousand in lower bowl. They had to have opened up the upper deck. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I'd imagine so. That's crazy. That's crazy. The what? Hey, man, that's that's Connor Bedard for you. Bedard effect. That is the Bedard effect. All right, JT. Uh, before we go, actually, quick note: John Tavares, the captain, going to join Overdrive today at four oh five. 
405 right here on TSN 1050, also on TSN 4. So JT, after his 1,000th game, going to join the boys on OD at 405. Uh, that does it for us today, though. Fun show. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. If you missed any of it today, you can find it on TSN 1050.ca, the Art Radio, Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with Matty Goss coming up next.